Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Purposeful Productivity, How to Manage Your Time and Energy for Maximum Results. We'll be talking about uh, my guest. Well, first of all, my guest is Julie Quinn. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this. And I might I might start with this. You know, the slogan of, of the podcast is that everyone is responsible for themselves and we could all use a little help, which probably everyone in personal development professes or subscribes to. Julie is the only person ever come, to come on my podcast and articulate how much she appreciates that. And, and she, I think she said that she's excited by that. So I really appreciate that right off the bat. But Julie Quinn is my guest, and I'm really looking forward to this interview. Her mission is to end suffering at work. Ooh, I like that. Uh, she's going to share new and practical tools that you can use to get control of your productivity that you can use to feel more calm, focus, and peace at the end of each day, and be more confident that you are on the right track toward meaningful and fulfilling work and life. So we'll be talking about productivity, motivation, leadership, management, communication, relationships, conflict, and purpose. So hopefully we can get get that all in into this hopefully not well not too brief but not too long interview and i'm really looking forward to this now let me tell you about julie she julie quinn is a leadership strategist consultant and coach who inspires and equips her clients to achieve greater productivity better leadership and more meaning about their work and lives drawing from 25 plus years as an executive level transformational change leader her expertise in the neuropsychology of motivation and her passion for ending suffering at work, Julie delivers the practical tools and infectious energy that's needed to make big, meaningful shifts. That is fantastic. Welcome, Julie. Hey, thank you so much, Tony. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, uh, and you know what? And I, there's that excitement word again, and I love that word. Uh, you, as I mentioned, you said you were excited about my slogan, and you said I'm excited. You just said excited. Excitement is a critical thing. A lot of times, people like really poo-poo excitement as it's like it's artificial, contrived, uh, and not genuine. But excitement is actually a very important thing to have in life, for if not success, to as an attitude, as a general attitude, and is as a way to look forward to doing something which is a critical thing if things are are just too arduous or or banal you know it's hard to how to go go about them isn't it yeah that's that's um so right on and you know whether it's i mean not everybody walks around saying like i'm excited to be here i'm excited to work right and maybe it's not maybe it's not excitement for you you know for somebody maybe it's Maybe it's engagement, maybe it's challenge, maybe it's, you know, the, the thrill of the hunt, you know, whatever it is, 
that that engagement, that connection we have with what we're doing. And hopefully you've got a little bit of that, right? Um, you know, I, I went through a period of time where I didn't feel that, you know, where I was really flat and nothing was exciting. And that was a very scary part, you know, of my journey. Um, and, and I managed actually to use some of the things we'll talk about today to get out of that period. But, you know, hopefully people are feeling at least in their lives, some excitement, some joy, some engagement, and hopefully in their work. Work doesn't have to be a slog. And, uh, you know, this is my work here is, is having wonderful conversations, you know, with people like you. So uh, I've purposefully built my work to be exciting. So <laughs> well, work you know, I, I, I can't overemphasize this because, you know, the more, ex the more excited I am, the more life delights me uh, and the more life delights me the more i'm glad i'm doing what i'm doing and this is a if not a cycle it's a structure that is just the one i want to be in because why when i'm like that i do more i get more things make more sense uh you know i and i i mean i'll give you an example so oftentimes when i'm on a business phone call uh and and I'm getting more and more excited. I can't even sit down. I have to, I have to pace about. And, and I noticed myself doing that. And I'm like, wow, you're loving this, aren't you, Tony? I said, and I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and that's great. I want to be that way. Cause, cause you know, that is, it doesn't just show me that things are, are moving in the right direction, but it's a delight per se, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good. And when, good. when we feel that way, we can, you know, not only is it easier to do what we're doing and easier to stick with doing what we're doing, but I think we, we're also in a position to give the best of ourselves at yes. that point, right? And we can contribute to others, um, you know, in whatever we do, whether it's woodworking or coaching or, you know, teaching, whatever, whatever we're, um, we're practicing as work, you know, when we're enjoying it, when we, when we can feel kind of jazzed about being accomplished, you know, at what we do, we give our best and, and others can, can receive the benefit of that. Of course. I, I mean, of course, I'm a great proponent of equanimity. You know, you want to have an even keel. That is really the ideal way. You don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be disparaging bipolar, uh, you know, but you, you want to, you know, avoid the roller coaster if you can and try to level things out because one, you make the best decisions with when you're level like that. And two, uh, you know, avoiding the extremities. Uh, it may, some people, of course, a lot of people get a, a lot from that. They get a payoff from that, especially the, the mania. But when you, when you, when you avoid that, when you have a, a more of an even keel, uh, you tend to go in the direction you want to go more with more stability. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's not to say excitement can't be, you know, fuel to your engine because it is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, th the stuff that tends to excite us, you know, tends to be the stuff we're either good at or naturally inclined to a talent, a strength, um, those kinds of things. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we have to be, cautious about that because maybe that moment isn't the right time for that excitement um just you know as an example one of one of my strengths is is um is speaking and you know coaching and advising and those kinds of things um you know but in a group setting when everybody needs to be heard 
I might need to dial it back a little bit, right? Like I'm excited to contribute. I'm excited to, you know, share my, my opinions or my ideas, but there are times when I have to dial that back really consciously and think, what is the purpose of my being here? What's the purpose of this group or this conversation? And is my, you know, over-involvement or over-excitement going to squash somebody else's ability to, to contribute. So when we think about that, that's that equanimity you're talking about, right? That's that even-keeledness. When we're, and, and that's where, where um, you know, that productivity being aligned with our overarching purpose is really where I love to play with leaders and managers. You know, what are we ultimately trying to achieve here most of the time, it's not the Julie show, right? So, so which I could talk all day to all kinds of people about all kinds of things, but that's not all I do. And there are some situations where I might be excited to behave that way, but really that's not the purpose of what we're doing. And so I need to dial it back and make sure that I'm putting some other stuff out there or holding it back. And, you, and your statement, you said the key word twice, you repeated it, and I wholeheartedly agree purpose yes. you've got to know the purpose uh and then you can dial it back or even turn it up if need be uh but with that purpose in mind then you have a not just a parameter but not just a direction but i you know a, a, a destination but a goal okay so is this conducive to my goal or right. is this detracting to my goal right. excitement passion whatever yeah. you know that's the critical thing. You've got to know your purpose. Now, you can be as selfish or as altruistic as you want, I guess. But with purpose, you can yes. at least be moving in that direction. And that's what I really loved about your tagline, right? You know, to, to you know, you're responsible for yourself. And so I might be, you know, over the top excited about something. I might be down in the dumps negative about something. And... It's my responsibility to recognize that, think about what the purpose of, of the situation is or the circumstances, and then decide, again, purposefully, <laughs> how do I want to be in this situation? I may be negative, but is negativity really going to serve our overall purpose here? You know, I may be really excited, but is that going to overshadow the real purpose here? So we're all responsible for kind of taking the temperature of ourselves and, you know, not being, I mean, we don't want to be disingenuine, but there is that moment rather than reacting and just kind of, you know, flinging ourselves into situations, we can be a little bit more thoughtful about what are we putting into this relationship or this exchange or this circumstance that's going to be the best thing for our overall direction, as opposed to, you know, just kind of I like this. I like, you know, yeah. this feels good. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll, maybe this will be a conclusion or not, <laughs> but I, I can't overemphasize the importance of purpose. You know, I I'm launching, my company is, is over four years old. We still haven't launched our app or we're almost three years behind schedule because we're undercapitalized. We created, I've created a virtual coaching program for Fisio That's going to, I claim that's going to, it's going to uh, transform self-help. It's going to, it's going to usher in our success revolution. There's a bold claims. Okay. But I'm so purpose-driven. I got to yeah. tell you, Julie, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my friggin' life. 
All right. And, I, and I'm a veteran. I've been homeless. I'm a recovered alcoholic. This is the hardest thing right now. I just got, I just got a news from my patent lawyer that we had another rejection from the patent office. Ah. So of course we know that $8,500 I'm already undercapitalized, striving to capitalize. And, you know, and it, it was, you know, but since, you know, and I can get, I get frustrated and sometimes I get depressed about it, but since I'm so purpose driven, I'm so purpose driven about this, about proficio that I, that, it, it gets me, you know, if I get down, I'll, it'll be, be brief and I won't, I won't play in self-pity. I'll say, well, this is what it takes to accomplish this purpose, to move towards this purpose. Yeah. And I keep going purpose. And then I get, and the excitement comes back. Even I don't, I don't, I don't have to use some, NL, I'm an NLP practitioner. I don't have to use some NLP technique to, you know, bring to bring some state of excitement. This is very exciting to me, truly, with, with absolute sincerity. So that, I, that excitement returns, you right. know, and even, 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 even on its own, because I mean, yeah, I've got to show up certainly, but my purpose, a, per, a person's purpose should excite them on some level, <laughs> right? Don't yeah, you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I mean, I've met a lot of folks who were like, well, I'm not excited, but you know, I'm like, okay, you know, you maybe you got a different word for it, but it's got to move you, you know, it's got to be moving in some way. There's got to be some positive emotional connection to, yeah, this is what I'm putting out in the world. And, you know, the hard thing is, is a lot of people don't know what their purpose is, or that feels like really far away and abstract and you know, it can be as simple as being an awesome mom, you know, or, or keeping a really great home, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be some like, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs kind of thing, uh, Maya Angelou kind of thing, you know, it can be, it can be, you know, really just what you are designed to put on this earth, right? And, uh, and if it makes you, if it gives you the warm, you know, warm fuzzies, you know, you're on the right track. When I worked as a life coach, even when the client didn't want it, uh, oftentimes I would bring up this purpose because this is a difference between something being a task and you, you know, you, it, it being a joy, yeah. uh, you know, and that is a big difference. Cause you gotta, you know, want to do something to, to, to really be effective. I mean, you, that's not totally necessary, but if, the more yeah. you put yourself into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So that's a very important thing. All right, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. We'll come right back. With, and when we get into our passion, we're right back with the passionate Julie Quinn. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it. So it has real value. And the best teacher is experienced. Visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where Proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately. You'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're, we're having an exciting conversation with Julie Quinn, and now we're going to get into some of her excitement. All right. So, Julie, how did you come to be so passionate about the, this topic and the things and the things that you do, which is personal development and, and certainly a lot more than that, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I've I've got the name, you know, the uncommon leadership strategist, right? That's kind of you know what I've been come to what I've come to be known as with my clients, and 
and the organizations that I've worked in. And, and I'll tell you, you know, kind of, <laughs> I won't go all the way back, but, uh, you know, to where I was born and all, but I'll go way, I'll go back enough. Um, when I was about, uh, it was either 16 or 17 years old, I worked at um, a grocery store and I was a grocery checkout, you know, clerk. And there was a bagger at the end of my line and a bagger at the end of the, the line next to me. And a client was coming through, a customer was coming through, and she was paying with food stamps. And the bagger at the end of my line started loudly, kind of derogatorily commenting on the use of food stamps, talking to the other bagger. And that was awkward and needed to be handled. Uh, the manager of the grocery store overheard the situation, came flying out read the kid the riot act like hard which again needed to be dealt with and dealt with quickly the reaction though the, the reaction was really outsized and so now we're all react, stunned. reaction of whom uh kind of oh the manager the manager went really over the top okay. um which I suppose is, you know, arguable, but it 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 was un it was uncomfortable for everybody, including okay, right. the customer right. who was already the customer feel awkward. Not a good business model. Uh, exactly, exactly. So it didn't help the situation. So so after at, at that moment, we're all kind of stunned, right? And now awkwardly kind of moving about in that moment. And I know this is really hard to believe, but in that moment, I decided what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> I as a young bagger. That's a, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, bread, bread in hand, you know, scanning the bread. Um, I decided that I wanted to teach managers how to communicate to employees in a way that inspired employees to do the work of the organization in a way that made the organization a great place for the customers to be. And therefore, right, make a lovely little ecosystem for us to have good, positive uh, you know, profit and engagement and all that good stuff. I had no idea what those words were. I did not know what those things, what those jobs were. But that's the moment when I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I was in the process of applying for colleges and I couldn't find anything that like looked like this, right? There was communication, but it was media. There was marketing, there was management. But like when you looked at the management degrees, there wasn't really anything about this particular part. And my dad was a school teacher. My mom was an entrepreneur. So neither of them had human resources as part of their language. So I didn't know what this was. So I took the closest thing I could find, and it was interpersonal communication and rhetoric was my degree. And rhetoric. <laughs> and rhetoric, yes, which scares people. I actually Yeah, I think that head. word has a stigma these days, even it though does. it's actually a fine word and, and it and does. It's the art of persuasive yeah. communication, right? Rhetoric. And persuasive, you know, can sound like manipulative, right? And that's where we get the stigma. And so I actually have left it off my resume for a while, <laughs> uh, just not to, not to, you know, make people nervous. Right. But um, so I found that degree and I loved it. It was all about social communication, marketing communication, political communication, uh, gender communication, all kinds of ways of communicating. And we went back to... Um, you know, Socrates and Aristotle and Plato and all of these like early thinkers about communication. And uh, and then so I graduated with that and went, okay, now what? <laughs> right? 
I still didn't really know what it was I was looking for. So um, my first, one of my first jobs ended up being as a training and development um, uh, coordinator. And that was pretty close. Was and that, I, was that, it for a, a corporation? Or? It was. It was for. So was, a, that their, was that their HR department? It was. It was reporting into their HR department. Okay. Now, I had had a couple of jobs uh, that had HR, but it wasn't called HR back then. It was called personnel. And my experience of that department was policing, punishment, paperwork, you know, and policy. And I didn't all, want all the four P's. anything to do with that. <laughs> like, right. No, thank you. You guys don't seem the four to be like which you, which you were practically a guest at. Oh yeah. Oh, it was not good. It was not good. So I'm like, well, I definitely know I don't want to be there. <laughs> right, right. So I took a job as a training and development coordinator, and it happened to report into the HR department, and I loved it. I was like in my own little world, and I could develop management training just like I wanted to do. So I was doing communication courses, management courses, and I grew in that role to be doing uh, to do global leadership programs. And so that's where I really cut my teeth on, on some of this stuff. And then one of my bosses said, you know, Julie, you should really, you're up in your ivory tower of training and development, and that's all well and good, but you're in a laboratory. Like, that's not real life. You know, what happens in your training programs doesn't happen on the floor. So you really need to get some HR experience. No, thank you very much. By, <laughs> by the way, uh, Julie, 99.9% .9 of the audience listens. So, uh, but let me tell you what Julie just did. She holds, <laughs> she held up uh, her fingers as if across to hold off away from a vampire. That's the second time she did it. And I just wanted to share that with the audience. <laughs> That's right. I should remember that. Thank you. Uh, yes, I was, I was definitely, I was, I had a garlic necklace on. <laughs> I had my cross. I had whatever I needed to, to keep HR at bay. And, you know, luckily, my, my, I had two really good developmentally oriented bosses, and they said, you know, give it a shot. So I said, fine, I'll take an HR manager job for a short period of time. There was an opening, they were a little stuck. So I'm like, I'll do this for a short bit. And then I'll go back to training and development. Well, luckily, it was an HR shop that was way more progressive than I had ever experienced. Uh, most of the HR folks there, the leaders had MBAs or Masters of Science in Management. They were business-oriented people. They uh, helped the organization find out how we could do things as opposed to why we can't do things. So it was a very different uh, exposure to a very different HR group. So I say I was HR raised uh, by some really progressive HR leaders. And the clouds parted, the angels sang, the sun shone, and I was home. I was like, this is really what I want to do. Because I was in the moment coaching employees, coaching managers, coaching leaders on how to, in real time, uh, how to overcome the conflict, uh, the, the conflicting priorities, the productivity issues, you know, all the things that get in the way of good business and good engagement. And now, you, now you started at the outset talking about communicating with employees. Are you still talking about employee, um, uh, not employees to, to customers? Are you still, still talking about customers or even the employees as well? Now? Yeah, employees and managers mostly. Oh. Wanting, yeah, wanting to have the managers. I, what I set out to do was, was teach managers how to talk to employees, employees. in a way okay. that That's created exactly a good right. organization. All right, right. 
Yeah. So that's what I was able to do, right? Help managers and employees communicate in a way that helped the organization and helped them. You know, I have to, I have to correct myself. Uh, you did not say that. I actually wanted to go to, I have a, and aside from that, you did not say that at all. You said employees at the outset. So that was- Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I have to, okay, here's my response to that, you know, and you are speaking my language, dear woman, uh, that, you know, my company, uh, right now, my company, Auxilium, I'm, is an LLC. I've got a, a partner. He's a tech guy. Uh, and uh, we're struggling to launch our app, you know, and, um, but when we start staffing, I think my company is going to be huge success. I think we're going to be bigger than Apple, quite frankly, but enough of that, you know, those dreamings, but my job, as we start staffing out and we start hiring employees and I'm, I'll become the CEO, I see myself as the, the as chief of culture. That'll, mm -hmm. I'm going to hire people much more smarter and much more competent at running, at running a business than me to run the business. Yes. But my job will be, in I'll be in charge of culture. Right. Uh, and the culture is, and the culture of my company, the, the, the ethos of my company is personal development. We sell personal development. That's our product. The, the employees must really buy into this for themselves. Yes. As, as an employee, as an employee of the company, you have to be committed to personal development. So I, this is where it, we, ha I have to set the example, obviously. Yeah. And so we have to be all about personal development internally and externally. And, uh, and so they, this has to be communicated by the managers to the employees That's that you, right. you know, if you're not being about personal development, then either either correct yourself or maybe see someone else here uh, or find another company to work for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's the ethos, you know, and, and, but once it's communicated, you know, there's, we don't need micromanagement or we don't want micromanagement. The person should, should hold it within themselves that that's, that's what we're about. And that's, and they have to profess that in everything they do, in, right. at least in terms of an employee. Yeah. And that's what, you know, what you're talking about is alignment. And, you know, that's, that's something that the frameworks that I've developed really have a foundation in is making sure that any action we take at any level in the organization, whether it's the front desk person or the CEO, um, any action we take in the organization ought to be in alignment with our overarching purpose and vision uh, and then, and then in alignment with the strategy we've we've mapped out, uh, and you know, I can talk for days on the where organizations tend to fall in those three seemingly, you know, uh, simple or or at least you know ubiquitous comp, comp concepts where oh yeah, we we know what a purpose is, we know what a vision is, we know what a mission is, uh, or a, a, and a strategy is. In the organizations that I have consulted to and worked in, I have I ha I have determined that that organizations ought to be using those daily to keep on track with where they want to get to. What and specifically? What are they? Yeah. Doing? So 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 I'll give you an example. My purpose is to is to um, eliminate suffering at work. Now, I, I could live 100 lifetimes, and I'm not going to be able to accomplish that. You know, that's my mission. It's like, I, it's never ending. That is it's right. what I'm here to, you know, go go forward and try to do. Now, I can end suffering at work in a whole bunch of different ways. So what's my vision of that? 
right? My vision could be that I want to work for the largest companies, you know, and I want to, I want to get them to purchase a, a service that I do. Um, I could, my vision could be similar to your vision that I'm going to create an app that's going to change the world. That's uh, my, my, I, I got a copyright. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't steal it. I promise. <laughs> Sounds like you're down the road on it. So it's all yours. Um, you know, and, and my vision, my vision for this is that I want to work with people who want a better work situation. I don't want to work with companies. I want to work with people and I want to scale through other people who want to help people. So now I have a vision, right? And so by, by communicating to myself and any staff that I, uh, that I take on that our overarching purpose is to reduce suffering at work. So I could coach about horseback riding or, uh, you know, raising good kids, you know, and make money at that and, and have extensions. But is that helping people to suffer less at work? Mm, probably not. So just by, just by measuring an opportunity that happens in a day-to-day -day conversation against my purpose and vision, it so very much more quickly helps those conversations to come to resolution. Because what you end up seeing in an organization is I hire a marketing person or a salesperson and the salesperson has sold some coaching to a horseback riding place. And, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, like, do you remember what our purpose is, right? There, I see that it has revenue with, uh, opportunity, profit opportunity, networking opportunity, the, the thing's dripping with opportunity, but that's not our opportunity. And by saying no to that, I can say way more yes to my actual purpose, stay on track and have everybody on the same page and not wondering why Joe is off doing horseback riding, right? right. Nothing wrong with horseback riding, but you have to choose what your, what your purpose and your vision is and you gotta stick with it. Otherwise your culture is going to suffer. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, I'm, we're going to come back to this. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with Julie Quinn. Great. This episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Benjamin Franklin taught that leisure is the time for doing something useful and that this leisure, the diligent person will obtain, but the lazy one never Visit www.perficio.io, that's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.io, where you can transform your idea of leisure to make it actually add to your life. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroso. We're having such a fascinating conversation with Julie Quinn. And, you know, it's no coincidence that I was speaking, well, in conversation with you about purpose and not realizing how much we would get into it here uh, uh, in what you do and what you profess and, and what you you give to clients and helping them stay on purpose. Uh, and, you know, you're talking about purposeful product you know per, you know the 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 employees acting purposefully yes. uh and um you talked about organizations and their purpose so well, for, well first of all i mean i think you already alluded to it but what is purposeful productivity right so i've developed a framework that i call the uncommon leadership framework 
and it has uh, several rings. So the outside ring is purpose. And let's let's apply it to an organization. So we'll we'll stick with the same uh, conversation we're having, right? So my outside purpose is to eliminate suffering at work. And uh, then my vision for that is to coach uh, people who are interested in more purposeful, meaningful, productive life lives and work. And uh, and to scale by teaching others who are interested in helping helping more people do that, right? Um, so that's my vision. Now my strategy is the next ring. So we're down three rings: purpose, vision, strategy. Strategy is how am I going to get from where I am today, a solopreneur with you know with with freelance staff, to a scaled up business with other coaches who are all working. Uh, working from the same, you know, songbook, basically. How am I going to do that? And by when am I going to do that? That's my strategy, right? So if I want to hit that kind of a scaled business within, let's say, five years, um, I, and this is answering your question in a little bit of a longer way, but... No, no, I, I like... You with me? Yeah, okay. Oh, my <laughs> Um, if I in fact, I'm like eating it up with a spoon. Oh, perfect, perfect. Get, grab a bigger spoon. It gets even better. I don't know if you noticed, but my, my actually, my, I think I was a gate. My jaw was a gate because I'm <laughs> loving what you're saying. It's just I'm like I'm riveted. Go on, please. That's great. That's great. So the strategy is how do I get from what I look like today? And we think about vision. Vision is sight, right? It's looking. What do I look like? What does success look like? That's our vision. So I look at what I look like now and what I want to look like when I've achieved my vision. And if I want to do that within five years, I have to be really crystal clear about what that five-year endpoint looks like. So then what I do for strategy is I divide that by two. If I'm going to look like that in five years, what do I need to look like in two and a half years? And I answer that really specifically, right? So and, and in a larger organization, I would, I would need to ask some big questions about that, right? Because if my vision includes, you know, a, a transformed culture and uh, state-of-the-art IT and an expanded market, what, in what order do we need to layer those foundations so that we look uh, measurably different in two and a half years and know that we're on that path for five, right? So I have to do the same thing as a small organization. So this framework can actually accordion in and out uh, with, um, you know, with, with size or, or entity. So you find out what your strategy is then, right? What you need to look at, look like in two and a half years. Divide that by a half, and now you're a year and a quarter out, right? So a year and a quarter from right now is the end of 2023. If I'm going to look different by the end of 2023, that means the budgeting I'm doing right this second needs to fund that change. So all of a sudden, a five-year plan, if you do this strategy correctly, strategizing correctly, if you're not panicked <laughs> at the, by the time you go, oh my gosh, I've got a budget for what I need to do so that I hit five years, then you're not doing it right. A five-year <laughs> five plan requires right this second budgeting for what you want. And if you're just 
kind of hoping it's going to work out, you know, that you're going to be behind the ball, behind the eight ball. Right. So we're three, we're three runs down purpose, vision, strategy. The next three are performance. And that is what do I personally need to do? And what do my peer leaders need to do in order to make this happen? And I'll come back to performance in just a minute. Then we go into the individual piece. So every single person from CEO to front desk person can look at this purpose, vision, strategy, know what their role is in the performance piece, and now they need to take responsibility for themselves and do two things. One, at the very core of this concentric circle framework uh, is motivation, individual personal motivation. And there's been some wonderful research done uh, by the Boston Research Group and Motivation Factor Institute out of Denver, uh, Denver, I'm sorry, Denmark, good Lord. Um, and uh, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with Denver. <laughs> nothing wrong with Denver, just very far from Denmark. <laughs> um, that shows if you look at an engaged person, 55% can be attributed to what the and what the environment gives them, what the employer gives them. You know, good pay, good management, good environment, good resources. Forty-five percent is attributable to what they bring themselves, mm -hmm. and that is three things: their connection to the strategy, how well they connect to it, know what it is, connect with it, are engaged and excited about it, as we talked about. Uh, how well their intrinsic motivation is, how well they see their natural talents being used and valued. And the third part, which is the most important part, is motivation capability. How well they know what engages them and disengages them and what to do about it when the purpose requires them to engage, even if they don't feel like it. So that's the core of this. Does that have a specific response or is there a generic one? If they if they have to disengage or no, it's it's specific to them. It's unique to them. They yeah. need to know what they need to do in right. order to reconnect or or connect in the first place. Okay. So that's that's the core of this framework. Is every individual needs to know what drives them and how to drive themselves when they are not driven, right? So that's that personal responsibility. If you're working here, you need to engage, and it's not just up to the employer. And then the second thing the the individual has to do is is be productive and and uh, and and be productive in the context of that concentric circle that we just talked about all the way up to purpose. So it goes purpose, vision, strategy, performance, which is really the role and the function that you serve, productivity, and at the heart of the heart, it is your personal motivation. And so that's the framework that I use to connect in an individual's daily motivation and productivity to the overall organization's purpose. And I've got, uh, you know, at each one of those levels, I offer people a structured way to answer the questions they need to answer so that they can make that connection themselves. At the individual level, and across an organization if you wanted to. So, so you do this with both individuals and companies, collectives. I do. Right, yeah. and, and the at the core of it was uh, personal values, 
personal motivation. Personal yep. motivation. Personal motivation. And that could be values or goals, whatever it is. Yeah, it's really, you know, boils down to and Motivation Factor Institute is the one that that created that part of the model, um, which is and, and again, it's the heart of it, where uh, we all have motivation factors, the emotional intelligence factors, what triggers us, um, you know, what drives us or what repels us. Mm -hmm. We each and all have a uh, a set of needs, right? We have a need for safety, belonging, you know, self-actualization, those kinds of things, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs yes. that we, we all learned in psycho psychology 101. Right. But we also have a set of more nuanced needs. Like I have a really strong need for freedom. So if somebody tries to hem me in with structure and process and rigidity, I get antsy. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. And so that's that's a motivation factor of mine, the fact that I have a strong need for freedom. Uh, on the other hand, and I have you know a whole set of needs there. I have a freedom uh, need for freedom, a need to be heard, go figure, <laughs> you know things like that. Um, but I also have a whole set of talents, right? A need a, a talent for communicating, for leading, um, for catalyzing, getting things started. And so we each have these motivation factors that when we understand them, we can start to actually use them and notice that, oh, I'm feeling antsy or uncomfortable because my need to be heard is being threatened. I'm getting interrupted all the time or I'm being told to, to be quiet down. Um, what can I do in this situation? I can use my talents for communication or for leading or um, you know, or for, or for getting things started to help me get re-motivated around this new direction so that I can connect to purpose. So anyway, long, long explanation. No, no, for, it, it was, yeah. you really covered a lot of ground, but you were on target. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I'm going to say it again. It's almost repetition. I, I didn't realize how much of our discussion would be about purpose. I was just being anecdotal or, you know, talking about what I did as a coach. Oh, but you're you, this is resonating it's repetition purpose yeah. is always there yes. you must be purposeful yes. otherwise you know you lose your way well and you know what tony i mean I, part of part the other reason i mean you know the the 16 year old you know grocery clerk epiphany notwithstanding that was great my many years in human resources gave me you know front row seats to a lot of suffering at work and so we can be highly productive and super miserable. Um, and so, you know, being more productive, getting more done, you know, transforming an organization, whatever you're trying to do, if it doesn't have meaning and purpose, if it doesn't feel fulfilling and satisfying, like why bother? We're just Absolutely. making more of, of a mess, right? Um, so, so yeah, everything that I do with, with both, individual leaders um, and professionals and whole organizations. I have three parts of my business. I do consulting on leadership strategy. I do coaching on to, for leaders on whatever they're trying to close the gap on. Whether they be a, a, a solopreneur or in a That's company. right. And what, That's was the right. what was the third area? Uh, and the third area is courses. So I, cre I create courses for people to go through these things. So just to the public, yeah. And, and that that's both for the public, but it's for both a, a solopreneur or a. a, a that's right. Yep. My Fantastic. my three the three folks that I I um I connect with mostly 
um, our executives, HR leaders, and solopreneurs. Largely because I've been all of them and I can speak to them, you know, uh, as a, a, you know, confidently and can provide some guidance on all of those three things. Um, you know, no, but that's not to say that that the framework wouldn't work for teachers and construction workers, right? You know, it, it can work for everybody. In fact, that framework, that same framework, you can apply it to your family, you know, as a mom, as a dad, you know, as, uh, you know, as a caregiver. Uh, what's your purpose, right? And what's your vision for yourself as a caregiver, just as an example? And, you know, if you're not where you want to be, you know, what's your strategy for getting there? And what are you going to hold yourself responsible for in terms of your performance? And then day to day, how are you going to stay motivated and productive in alignment with your purpose? You see how it can goes out to an organization and it comes right back down to an individual, depending. Absolutely. We're going to get into some new stuff, but we're going to we'll finish up here because there's more stuff to be said about this. Uh, when we come right back, this is our, our final break. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsor with the fantastic Julie Quinn. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Perficio learns more about you as you make progress and then uses that information to help you even more. It is quasi-AI. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can be helped by something that learns more about you because that is the difference that makes the difference. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petrozzo. We're having a fantastic discussion with Julie Quinn. This is so really illuminating and, and valuable, fantastic stuff. Uh, now, I mean, productivity has been, uh, re, you know, resonant in this discussion. Uh, and I, you know, first of all, let's talk about some of the obstacles here. What are some of the, the challenges, fears, and frustrations people have around productivity? Oh my gosh, I've I've just come off of weeks, several weeks of research on that very topic. And you know, it's a, it's heartbreaking, actually. I mean, the fears that that you know, some of the easy or the well, some of the fears. I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get everything I need to get done. I'm gonna be judged for not getting things done. I'm gonna drop a ball. I'm worried that I'm gonna miss things. And then the more heartbreaking, I don't feel like I'm enough. I never feel accomplished. I don't think I can continue in the work that I'm doing because I am so afraid that I am not enough. Like it runs the gamut for fears. And to come to work and be at work and end the day of work feeling like that after working so hard is just not okay. So that's that's a big fear people have. And then of course with fears, we often bury them or hide them because we think we're the only ones who feel them. That is absolutely not the case. I spoke with 49 people over the past four or five weeks on this particular topic and almost to a person, those were the kinds of things that I heard. So we are not alone if we're feeling that way. The frustrations largely are other people and other things, right? Too much work, my boss doesn't understand, my colleagues don't respond quickly enough, my kids have too many things to do, whatever it is, you know, the frustrations are often things that are outside of our control, which can be absolutely crazy making. 
And the challenges that I heard were people felt um, really, really challenged by their own energy, their own inability to, to muster the energy or to dedicate, dedicate the focus to what they needed to do. They actually, in some cases, especially where the ones who sounded like they were closer to burnout, and this is actually a, a, a factual side effect of burnout is cognitive, uh, 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 comp compromising your cognitive ability. You literally are not able to think when you're in that level of burnout. And to be able to not decide what's important, to not just, you know, not be able to decide which priority is the one that's the real priority. So there was a lot of challenge that people put on themselves for not being able to get out of their own way. Absolutely. Your fear doesn't just get in the way of success. Fear prevents you even beginning <laughs> the success yes. journey. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, I like to say something about purpose, you know, as, as a, as a segue uh, of sorts, uh, but purpose, when I have purpose and I'm, I'm very, I'm a very purposeful, deliberate person, it gives me clarity and it gives me ease of decision. I make decisions easily because of my purpose. Well, a lot of times people tend to make mistakes or, or, or think, or, or maybe think, make a decision compulsively or regret the decision. But I have less of that because I'm very deliberate about my purpose. Uh, and uh, so I, I, you're nodding your head in agreement. Uh, I am. Uh, how can someone achieve purposeful productivity? And maybe if you want to touch in about decision-making as well, as I just uh, brought up, if, if you'd like. Yes, yeah, so there's a, there's a method that I use to help people find their purpose. And we can start by asking ourselves, what energizes us? You know, think back to activities or events or periods of time in your life that you were really energized. Or think about just this past couple of weeks at work. What parts of your job really get you going? You just love being a part of it, right? And write those three things down. I call those energy boosters, right? So they're things that give you energy naturally. And then you can list one, two, or three um, what I call superpowers, right? So thinking about what do you do that other people, your boss, your colleagues, your family, your friends say, you know what, Tony, I wish I could, you know, X, Y, and Z as well as you do. You know, it comes so naturally to you. Or, you know, if I had to do X, Y, and Z, you'd be the one I called because you are awesome at it. You just can't help but be good at this thing. Um, in fact, let me ask you, what comes to mind when I say that? What, what are you awesome at that people are like, God, I wish I had that, that you do? Well, I'm, I'm very purposeful. Okay. <laughs> As my girlfriend, and she's like, she's not, and she, you know, she does things slowly. I do things quickly because I know what I'm doing. I'm very okay. purposeful about what I'm doing, even in, you know, even, you know, mundane goals. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Go, I go and do it. Whether, and Perfect. you can scope out. And so, you know, those, if you come up with one, two or three of those things and you marry the boosters and the talents, I then take people through, and you can do this on your own. I take people through um, an exercise that actually this came from um, originally from the Motivation Factor Institute folks, where they say, um, 
you know, it's all a, 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 a purpose should always be in the present tense, which we know, and uh, also should be contributing, right? It can't be, it can't be something that we can check the box off ourselves. And a good example is, you know, um, using, uh, like, for instance, I want a, a, your goal, your, your, um, your purpose can't be, um, I want to pogo stick a thousand times. I want to, you know, jump on the pogo stick a thousand times. That can't be your purpose. Your purpose has to be, uh, or even learn how to jump on the pogo stick. Your purpose has to be something that you can't check the box off, right? It's so I want to be fit and adventurous, right? And so, okay, pogo stick kind of falls under that umbrella. It certainly takes some level of fitness. It certainly takes some adventuresomeness. Um, and so, so it's a way of being. It's a way of being, exactly. And so, so taking a purpose statement with I, and then some sort of help or contribute, because it's gotta be bigger than you, um, I help or contribute, and then pull from those energy boosters and talents, those superpowers, and say what you do with whom and why, right? And so if you have a I help or contribute, and then pull a what I do with whom and why from your boosters and superpowers, you are kind of well on your way to what your purpose might be, because you've you've just investigated what gives you energy and joy. And that's probably where your purpose lies. It's probably in there. And usually you need a coach or, or a, you know, a third party to kind of help you see the stuff that we're too close to to see. Uh, but that's a great way to, to find purpose. Now, how a, 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 um, a tool I use to make sure that I am purposefully productive is that every day I start my day off with a sheet of paper that has on it my purpose and also my vision uh, and a couple, of, a couple of bullets for my strategy, just so I have that big picture. It's a tiny little you know, couple of inches on my page um, that, uh, that just remind me, here's what I'm working for. And then I put my, my appointments on one side and I have my list of to-dos in the middle and uh, at the top of those lists of to-dos, I put a stuff, well, not on the, on, the, on the top, but it, when I look at my list of to-dos, all the things I've got to do, I star the ones that are going to, and this is the question I ask myself, what one thing can I do today that will make the biggest positive difference in my advancement toward my purpose? Toward your purpose? Yes, Toward my purpose. So what one thing, it's a great question to ask yourself really about really? almost anything. <laughs> what one thing can I do today that will make the biggest positive difference toward my, toward advance, you know, with, uh, of, of advancing toward my purpose. Mm -hmm. Now the answer might not be, you know, send that client email or, or right. write that proposal. Right. It might be go water the plants and walk outside for a little while. <laughs> right. Like, because purpose right. is all, it's, it's all encompassing. It's right. me to have the energy I need to do these things. So, so give yourself a break. If you're thinking about purpose and productivity, it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, when it feels less hard, you're probably getting closer. And those are just two tools that you can use to, uh, to get a little closer to purpose and a little closer to productivity. Fantastic. Easily, immediately accessible. 
But I, I got to tell you, quite frankly, quite sincerely, Julie, this has been a, a fantastic conversation discussion. Right. But I think very, very, very valuable to the listener, whether they be a solopreneur uh, or in company corporate or, you know, someone who is professional and, and has a or is an employee or has a business. Fantastic. I really, really appreciate it. Great stuff. Um, how do uh, how does a person get a hold of you? Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm easily reachable by email at jq at juliequinn.com. You can visit my website at juliequinn.com. And um, I do have a, a, a free gift for folks if if it's easy absolutely. to, um, yeah, absolutely. If, if it's easy to, uh, to share, I can um, actually tell you what the link is for that. And, and let, yeah, and that, that's Julie Quinn. There's an E at the end of the two ends. That's yeah. right. It's Q-U-I-N-N-E, a little bit of an uncommon spelling yeah. there. Mm -hmm. That's a fine Italian last name you got there, Julie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm, you so, know, I'm, I'm Italian, but I'm actually uh, Irish too, actually. So. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. I've got a, I got a whole mix. Actually. All right. They're, they're, they're the best. <laughs> so you, if you go to juliequinn.com, it's slash boost energy and productivity. So it's that slash and then boost, and then it's a boost dash energy dash and dash productivity. So it's a little bit of a long one there, but. Or, or they can just go to the site and find the button. That's right. Yep. Okay. You can go to the button. You can go to the site and the button will be there. Boost energy and productivity. Okay. That's juliequinn.com with an E at the end of the double ends. Great stuff. I, I really have had such a delightful time in this discussion with you. Do you have any final remarks for the audience? Oh my gosh. You know, Tony, I'm just really, I'm just really glad to have had this opportunity to get to know you a little bit better and know that we're on the same page um, and I just encourage everybody out there, you know, if you are suffering at work, um, if you are feeling a bit adrift from, you know, in terms of purpose and productivity, you know, do yourself a favor, reach out, get a little bit of help. You know, there's a lot out there that can help you feel better really fast. And in the long run, maybe even point you in a direction that feels joyful and exciting. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, and I, I have, I'm delighted at how, quite frankly how simpatico we are but uh you know just that i mean you're someone with you have a very very distinct body of work experience obviously you know what you're talking about uh and you know and it was redeeming to me because uh i i'm probably older than you but uh you know i have a bit of a odd career and um and what you were professed i'm like well, she articulated what I'm about and that I strive to be, not just what I'm about, but I strive for. Yes. So uh, it, this is, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate it. And I'm gonna end with this, my slogan, and I know Julie loves it, is that we're all responsible for ourselves and we could all use a little help. With that, thank you so much, Julie Quinn. It's been so delightful, so valuable for everyone, including me. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Self-Help Coaching Podcast. Thanks so much, Tony. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. 
We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.